Welcome to Evidence to Excellence, news in neuroplasticity and rehab powered by The Recovery Project. We want to personally welcome and thank you for joining us today. We're glad that you're here because this podcast is designed to keep you updated on what's new in research and evidence in the neurorehabilitation world. Now, here's your host, Polly Swingle, CEO and co-owner of The Recovery Project. Welcome, everybody, to our next episode of Evidence to Excellence. So today, we are going to talk to a case manager. So I want to give a little background here. In many, many of our episodes, we have talked about different diagnoses that um, we see at the Recovery Project, but that we see in the world of neural rehab. You know, we talked a lot about spinal cord injury and head injury and some of these catastrophic injuries that that we see. And with these injuries, with um, these disease processes, with the neurological patient, we have in many episodes talked about the multidisciplinary team. Um, You know, I'm a little biased that I think that the best care approach for a patient that has a neurological injury or disease is is really a multidisciplinary approach. I think people get a really full treatment of all aspects that we see deficits. Um, And we've talked in the past, you know, PT, OT, and speech are part of that, that multidisciplinary team, but also case management. And I thought it would be a really great time and talk to bring a case manager in to to share with you guys and educate this audience on the expertise of a case management, what they do, how they can benefit patients that do have neurological diagnoses like spinal cord, head injury, stroke, MS, Parkinson's, but even dementia, even our geriatric patients that we're starting to see um, as the baby boomers, as they say, get older, that we're starting to see case managers really starting to show up also in that environment. So with that background, let's go ahead and dive into this topic. So today I am so pleased to have with us Sonia Schaub. She is a case manager and the owner of Horizon Case Management. So thank you so much for coming in. Now, audience, I have to tell you, I um, had a very, very long meeting with with Sonia the um, last week, and you guys are going to be so pleased. She is a wealth of information. She knows what the heck she's talking about. And what inspired me about you is that your compassion for what you do Um, your diversity, and we're going to dive into that a little bit because our world here, especially in Michigan, has changed a little bit on how we treat these type of patients, Um, but also how creative you are in providing these services for this patient, but also being successful in your business. So first of all, congratulations. That is so difficult in healthcare. So why don't we start by you telling the the audience a little bit about about yourself, when you became a case manager, maybe why you became a case manager, and maybe a little history about your company. So go ahead. Absolutely, and thank you for having me here today. I'm so pleased that I can talk to you about 
some of the things that I know about case management, some of the scenarios that we've gone through ourselves with our clients. Um, but as far as case management, um, I graduated with a degree in nursing back home in Chicago. And uh, upon moving here to Michigan, I had the opportunity to work for a case management company, uh, helping build their structure, their business. And in doing so, um, sparked this passion in me to help the community um, provide resources that they were unable to provide. So um, that was very exciting for me to do. Um, I had a personal experience where I was a case manager, but not by degree or title, but just kind of helping my mother go through her sickness um, and her illness and where I had to kind of navigate the system myself. And there were some challenges with doing that. Uh, it was it was not easy. I had to communicate with providers. Uh, some of the treatment plans um, they had put in place for her were quite confusing at times. Um, you know, there was financial issues. There was a lot of uh, roadblocks that I had to kind of facilitate through. And that's what really sparked my interest in case management. You know, when you go to nursing school, they don't talk about case managers. It wasn't even a thing back then. Yeah. Um, you know, in my degree, we went through all of the health systems as far as what types of insurance are out there, you know, navigating through what are the illnesses and diseases that are out there. But case management was not a topic of discussion. It was not something that we were taught in school. So I had no idea that case management even existed. Um, until I had to be in that role myself, that's when I came across, oh, wow, case management. Okay. How so, do we get into this? So it <laughs> is a profession because I is. know that you guys have a professional organization. Mm -hmm. um, in my experience in the over 35 years, I've worked with many case managers. Do you have to have the background of being a nurse to be a case manager? So, you know, case managers are in very many different settings. So, you know, you could have a school in-house case manager. You can have a case manager in a hospital. You could have a mental health case manager, um, you know, a community case manager. So really the broad spectrum of case managers um, are out there, but they're, the only really requirement really depends on your employer. So... You know, the commonality with case managers would be, okay, you're a social worker, all right? So there's a lot of case managers out there. They have a social work background, whether it's a bachelor's degree in social work or a master's degree in social work. There are case managers that have a degree in nursing. So they're registered nurse case managers. Um, and some of the other case managers out in the community could just have a general bachelor's degree. But for the most part, they all have a bachelor's degree in so some sort of. I would assume kind of the process is you get notification from somebody mm -hmm. that there's a patient out here or that patient or family or caregiver directly reaches out to you and says, I'd really like you to assess my family member, my husband, my wife, on if you can do anything for me. So is there certain criteria that when you're starting a new patient in your profession that you assess certain things for the needs of that patient? 
Yes. So we do have our own criteria for why we would accept a client. Um, there is a general criteria for case management that the Case Manager Association of America would have. So it's a general criteria for why somebody would need a case manager. But some of the things that, you know, would require case manager could be, you know, does the individual have, you know, a disability? Do they have some sort of catastrophic injury, such as a traumatic brain injury or a spinal cord injury? You know, do they have readmissions? Were there injuries in the past that now have exacerbated that we need to try to navigate through? Um, you know, it could be rehospitalizations, confusion with like the language, or it could be that kind of language barrier. So, you know, do you do you understand your treatment? Um, is there non-compliance issues? There's a lot of reasons why you would need a case manager. Um, we have our own criteria, and those are some of the the points that I just touched on. So, why don't we give our listeners? some more examples of different diagnoses you may see and even the age of these patients. You know, I said at the intro here that kind of that geriatric patient may need your services, but I guess my question to you is what is that spectrum of the age? Pediatric to geriatrics? I don't know. So um, case management can be provided for any age group. So that, that's, the, that's the plus, you know, whether you're an infant or a five-year-old child or, you know, a geriatric adult, it, really it can range. Um, we don't necessarily have a criteria for what age group we are willing to accept. Um, we are open to accepting all age groups. I mean, case management, the beauty of case management is you can serve any, any age population. Um, and so in doing so, majority of our clients tend to range between the age of 35 onward, um, but we do specialize in pediatrics as well. So some of our clients are pediatric, but the vast majority of the clients that require case management end up being, um, you know, middle age to older adults. So we kind of talked about, and you even mentioned, you'll see a spinal cord injury patient or a brain injury, stroke, um, MS. Do you see patients with MS? Yes. Um, MS is quite common only because, um, you know, the diagnosis part of figuring out if you have MS can be quite challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of the clients want to utilize case managers to help them figure out what is really going on with them. Um, and if they don't understand as far as the healthcare system, they don't know what providers to go to. Um, there could be, you know, does the insurance cover certain providers, specialties? So um, MS is a quite common one, um, but we do see clients with dementia, Alzheimer's, um, you know, heart disease, diabetes, a lot of the chronic diseases yeah. that are out there. Yeah. yeah, and also pain, I would think. Pain is Probably another big pain. one yeah. too, yes, chronic pain. Um, so anything six months or more, chronic issues, we, we can look into it. Sometimes the acute too, but um, because uh, you want to prevent issues going forward, um, yeah. they can come to us for services as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would think I know that I have done different presentations and talks on chronic pain and just the cost to the healthcare system mm -hmm. with individuals that suffer from chronic pain and to navigate that system 
to look at what are some of those alternatives to help people manage their chronic pain. So mm-hmm. absolutely, guys out there, if you're listening to this case manager, reach out to this case manager. So question for you. You know, healthcare here in the United States is typically paid for by health insurance. So my first question to you, is your services covered by typically the medical insurances that people have out there? So case management can be covered by health care insurance plans, but it really depends on which one um, and what you're trying to utilize the service for. So if you have two or more chronic diseases that you're trying to deal with, that you are dealing with, you're trying to navigate, um, Medicare can cover it. Um, but like I said, you have to meet the, the criteria for that specific insurance plan. So it really depends. You know, when we meet with a client, we have to do a thorough health assessment, uh, a nursing assessment, ask you these kinds of questions. You know, what are you here for? What is it that we can help you with? What's your past medical history? You know, um, and kind of go through those um uh, processes so we can figure out, okay, does your health care insurance plan cover this? Yes or no. Um, so it really just depends um, on the plan, what the formulary will allow. Um, obviously, if it's an auto accident, your auto insurance would pick it up depending on what that policy states. So it's a lot of digging, but we're willing to do that just to figure out how we can help you. So in your practice, what type of insurance do you see as the majority of the patients that you serve? So we have clients that are under the auto payers, such as Progressive, State Farm, Mm -hmm. Farmers, all those. Um, Workman's Comp, so whatever the insurance your employer has, Comp 1 or what have you, can go through those. Um, Medicare, um, if you meet the criteria of having two or more chronic diseases, um, as well as some of our clients... Um, If they can't afford it, um, they would pay out of pocket for our services. Uh, A lot of the times we might have, you know, business owners, uh, lawyers, doctors that have loved ones that they they have a hard time working and managing the care of their loved ones at the same time. So they want a nurse that they can trust to accompany the, you know, their loved one with an appointment. Okay, what happened at this visit? You know, what, what, what was going on? What's the treatment plan? What are our goals that we need to meet? Um, you know, making medications accessible. There's a lot of things that we can do, um, but obviously it, it can be challenging if it's not something that you can afford. But if your insurance can cover it, then that's great. So you talk, and I know with my experience too with case managers, you talk a lot about navigating you know, the world of medicine and about coordinating services. Let's go a little deeper on that. Can you give us some examples uh, of of what type of services are you coordinating? So with anyone who's receiving medical treatment, um, anything medically related, such as um, scheduling medical appointments, so making sure you have a schedule put together, that it's realistic, you know, it's not overwhelming for you. Um, We, you know, when we're setting goals, we want to make sure you can get to your appointment, whether it's scheduling transportation um, to and from your appointments, Um, you know, creating a plan of care, a nurse care plan that you can follow. Um, And like I said, it has to be realistic, something that you feel like you can do. 
Um, we help with, you know, applications, whether it's an insurance application, whether it's filling out paperwork. Um, if you have legal questions, we can try to help you find an appointed attorney that you can work with. Um, you know, as far as the medical treatment, education is a big one. Educating the client, the family, the loved one on what it is this procedure is about. Um, if they have a surgical procedure, preparing them for the surgical procedure. Um, what do you need to do prior? You know, what do you need to do after? There's a lot of education involved. Um, finding specialists, appropriate providers that you should be seeing. Um, understanding what it is that you're going through. So there's a lot that we can do. The main goal of a case manager is to promote wellness and be, get you back to where you can function again and live a quality of life. Is it your services, is it always navigating the system for the patient or are you also assisting family? caregivers that is a very good question and when you are assisting a client you are assisting them with everything that is going on in their life so you're helping them with their family so you're helping them with their friends maybe even relationships you're you're relieving that stress off the people around you um, even though it you know it's a very hard time um, and it's hard because it's a vulnerable situation to be in you know um, but our goal is to relieve the stress, not just only from you, but from the people around you. Mm -hmm. And we help them as well. So whether they need FMLA or they have questions about your treatment, if you're okay with us communicating with your loved ones, we'd be more than happy to, you know, assist them as well. Yeah, I can see how that would be such a benefit. I know with so many of our patients that come in here either newly diagnosed with, you know, Parkinson's disease, let's say, or MS, or somebody that has this catastrophic injury that have a car accident, mm -hmm. and that next moment is their life changes like you wouldn't believe. And it's so much where the family, if they're not in healthcare mm -hmm. or not in this world, all of a sudden they're thrown into the world that all of us sitting here is so familiar with, but then they're like, start googling and like oh my gosh what's next what do you mean they need to see a urologist yeah what yep. do you mean they have to see a speech pathologist and what that looks like so yeah, yeah absolutely having that person on the outside there's enough stress already with just either the new diagnosis of having somebody kind of like you always mm -hmm. say navigate this healthcare system because it gets more and more confusing, I think, the more the longer I am in the system. Yeah, and you know, when you're in the system and you're already doing it, it's a lot easier to yeah. navigate versus, you know, if this is the first rodeo for you and you're yeah. not really sure what you're getting into, you know, I always tell our clients, you know, your primary goal is to focus on your health and your well-being. Right. Leave everything else to us. I we don't that. want you to stress about, you know, oh, well, I have to schedule this or I have a procedure next week. What do I need to do? Or I have so much paperwork I need to fill out. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't have to worry about that. The best part about a case manager, if it's covered, 
why not utilize it? Yeah. And just focus on what you are meant to do, which is get better and get back to the life that exactly. you want to be in. Exactly. Um, so we have talked in, in, in my podcast a lot about um, the no-fault auto law in Michigan. And a lot of the people that listen to this podcast live here in Michigan and have been affected by the uh, by the change that happened in 2019 with the no-fault law. So I want to ask you, with this, with this change, has reimbursement of your services changed? Has the change in the law made your job easier, harder, no change? Why don't you tell me a little bit about how that's affected you? Well, you know, it's very scary when you're in business and you – you know you've tracked the changes in the law and it could either sway your business one way or another so we're very fortunate that we are still in business today and that we can still serve our community of clients um but it's very challenging for us especially as case managers um let's say for example the auto accidents right so you know the change directly affected them and the providers so it's it's hard when you see Medical providers closing down, shutting their doors, discharging patients. Those patients are lost and confused. Some of them, you know, some of the times we don't know that they're out there and they need help because they're unaware that we even exist. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's very, it's very sad. But in doing so, you know, there's not a challenge that we don't try and find a solution. Um, and part of my role, especially being an owner is to be familiar with what's out in the community, be active in the community, get to know people, network, figure out what's what's still available, what's not available, um, and try our best to find the resources that they need for the care, rehab, and recovery. Um, case managers, obviously, from the very beginning, it was kind of a scare. You know, how am I going to perform my duties if the statute has changed and now we're limited mm-hmm. um so it can be very difficult but we found ways to to get get around it what has been the biggest barrier with the change or the challenge maybe yeah, same i would thing. say the biggest challenge is limited medical benefits mm. that is the biggest challenge you know if you have a policy that's fifty thousand and you don't have anything else to fall on other than your health care insurance, yes, that can be very challenging. Yeah. Um, you know, transportation's a big one. You know, yeah. how do you recover and get treatment if you don't have transportation? That's a really big challenge. Yeah, and especially if there's a mobility issue, and because we see that, and now all of a sudden somebody needs a wheelchair mm-hmm. for now, hopefully, to be transported, that you need you know, one of those vans that can transport right. a wheelchair, and typically people do not have that sitting in their driveway. No, and <laughs> now that you know in the new in the new law with it was changed that there's a lot of limitation to that or a lot of companies that have gone out of business yeah and you know i think the worst part about it is not only did the statute change but we were in a pandemic yeah just really put a kicker in it so you know telehealth appointments obviously you don't need transportation for that but once you start getting back to the appointments, then what happens? You need somebody to take you to and from. So 
um, you know, we found ways in our community to help providers that maybe were not in the industry at once to come into the industry and provide services. Maybe nice. they were transportation for nursing homes, um, introducing them to um, the needs yeah. that uh, our clients were looking for to accommodate for that. So I want to ask you, too, because I know I just hear this from our, our clients with this change in the law about caregivers or attendant care. Are you running into any challenges with those patients that have been in a motor vehicle accident and let's say they have coverage and they need that supervision or that care several, several hours a day? Some of our clients need 24-hour care. Have you run into any barriers in finding those services? Yes, it has been very challenging for our case managers, um, especially for those that require 24-hour care and maybe the insurance companies have fully stopped payment, yeah. um, you know, refused to pay, and it's just ongoing litigation. So there have been challenges with that. Um, we've been having some luck going to some of the larger companies that were aware of the change and wanted to come in to consume the clients as far as, you know, providing services um, because some of the smaller businesses out there could not uh, suffice with financial um, hold on payments and stuff to them. So, yes, it has been challenging, but we've been able to get the care for our clients. Nice, and I'm so yes. happy to hear yeah. that, that, you know, I'm the people I talk to, that there's still us out there that are the advocates for these patients, knowing the services that that they need that we will figure out a new way to do business yes and yes. i don't know if a lot of people know this but medicaid for those that have medicaid there are coverage for having caregivers in the home right um so we've partnered with different companies out there that provide um, caregiver services companionship or um, you know nursing services at home nice uh, through nice. Medicaid. so i'm going to ask you a question i want you to give me an example if you get a call of a new patient that has a newly new injury of a spinal cord injury, let's just say they're quadriplegic, can you kind of give the listeners an example of kind of what that would look like of you providing care? What would you coordinate? What would be some of the things that you would like start off right away with somebody that is newly injured, quadriplegic, and they call you and say, I need help? Very good question. Um, so it depends where they're at. So if they are at home, let's say they've already been discharged from the hospital, it's going to be a different dynamic than when you were in the hospital. So if you're in the hospital and you call us, we're going to have to deal with transitions of care. So are you prepared for discharge? You know, Do you have the proper home modifications at home? Um, who are your treatment providers? What is the game plan for exiting the hospital or institution? So um, if you're at home, you know, and you're already, you already have treatment, okay, who are those providers, you know, where you go to therapy, hopefully the recovery project, um, uh, and um, kind of going through that. But it all starts with step one, which is an assessment. You know, case managers throughout anywhere nationally, that is step number one. So we want to do an, an assessment, what's your prior medical history, what are the injuries you sustained in the accident? What's going on with your insurance? What insurance is it? That way we kind of know what we're dealing with. Um, you know, do you have an attorney or not? So there's a lot of things that we need to ask in the very beginning. As soon as we finish our assessment, we look over it, we kind of create a plan. 
which we call a nurse care plan. After we create the nurse care plan, we'll start scheduling medical appointments if you need it, um, you know, creating goals for you that you can realistically follow. Um, if there's a language barrier, we're going to find you a translator that can come to appointments because we want to make sure you understand what we're talking about. Um, we don't want somebody to fall behind just because, you know, there's a language barrier. We don't want that to be a barrier. Um, so those would kind of be the steps. It, you know, everything is scenario-based. So I could come up with 100 yeah. scenarios in my head, um, but it really just depends on who the person is and what they're going through right. and, and what we really can help with. But that number one step is an assessment for sure. So what about an example of somebody comes to you and their parent who has always lived independently is starting to show signs of dementia? Great and, point. you know, st st the, the, the parent or excuse me, the child may be noticing like, oh, things aren't, you know, they're forgetting to pay their bills. They're still driving and they're getting lost. And that next step of navigating, how would you help that family or patient in that type of scenario? So it's a very good question. I think, you know, when a loved one sees their parents, you know, let's say having memory issues, forgetting things, losing things, um, it can be very scary because, you know, you once had a conversation with this person and all of a sudden now they start to change the way they behave or the way they talk. They can become more irritated. Um, and so you, you need support, and case managers can provide you that support. Like I said, if it's not your first rodeo, you're not going to understand what your next step is. So with a scenario like that, we need to properly diagnose your loved one. So whether we're going to schedule an appointment, get them evaluated, maybe do a couple of brain scans, whatever the doctor suggests, um, you know, attending those appointments, following through, what are their symptoms, how were they before, how are they now, what has changed, what really has changed, um, and kind of go through those steps. And then depending on if they need staff at home. You know, do you need caregivers? How are we going to get those caregivers in there? What insurance do they have? All right, does the insurance cover those those caregivers? Um, if we can't go that route where they stay in the home, okay, do we need to find a facility for them? Do can do we need to find a nursing home even? I mean, it really just depends on what the family is looking for. So we work with the families, and we work with their financial means as well. Wow. I mean, right there again it just shows how valuable a case manager's services is because that takes out so much of that stress yep. of if that would happen somebody else from the outside coming in and say okay here's our options mm -hmm. you know kind of right in front of you and then we can choose at this point in time through maybe the disease process of your mother or father mm -hmm. What do you want to do next? Correct. So awesome, awesome. So the, the podcast, Evidence to Excellence, is about science. And in all of our podcasts, we always talk about, you know, is there science out there that supports, in my world, I'm a physical therapist, that supports the type of physical therapy that is given to somebody that has a spinal cord injury. So I want to ask you as a case manager, is there any science research out there that has been done that supports the benefits of your service as a case manager in any of these kind of diagnoses or these situations that we talked about today? 
Yes. Um, there are there are research out there in regards to case management, how affected it is towards a patient's outcome. Um, but one in particular that I did want to bring up is that case managers do an extensive medical record review. And because we work with the clients, we look at everything from before, now, and then what's, what's going to happen going forward. So um, an article actually posted from the National Institute of Health talks about how, for example, with spinal cord injury and case management, that a lot of the spinal cord injury clients were undetected of a traumatic brain injury. And so roughly about 24 to 54% of those clients were undetected. And that's, that's a big, huge um, you know, effect on someone's life and their family. If you have somebody undiagnosed with a traumatic brain injury and nobody knows how to handle that particular person, physically you know, but what about the mental aspect of it? Um, so case managers really do promote a better outcome and that's what this research study was saying, and catch undetected diagnoses of traumatic brain injury. And not reading that study, but from experience, I totally agree with you because there is, you know, with, you know, think about it. Somebody was in a car accident and there was enough force to have a spinal cord injury just think of what happened to the brain. That's a very severe whiplash. And then we see with these clients, maybe difficult with memory, maybe difficult with some of those executive decisions that they have to make, that they're always not making the best decisions. Correct. And that is, you know, and we can get treatment for that to help resolve some of those mm-hmm. issues, not just the physical deficits, mm-hmm. but also even the cognitive, cognitive. and like you said, depression Correct. and mm-hmm. the change in mood and motivation and those yes. kind of things. Yeah, a lot of those spinal cord injury you can't underestimate just because they're physically impaired doesn't mean they're not mentally impaired. And there's a lot of cognitive dysfunction in those clients that do, unfortunately, go undetected. Yeah. You know, we've been talking a lot in some of our other, other podcasts. We just had um, our last episode, some individuals that have been living with a spinal cord injury for, for decades and how they dealt with the, it's the grieving process, the loss mm-hmm. of the, you know, their old life and that depression and anxiety and that need for, at times, having that intervention of mental health and I think even in the world we're hearing more and more of the importance of you know addressing the mental health issues in our society and with having a case manager I'm sure that's part of your criteria of looking at is that mental health and really making sure that that aspect of care Mm -hmm. is addressed with all of the patients that walk through your door. Yes, absolutely. And I, you know, because of my background, I've worked in mental health for a few years uh, prior to becoming a nurse. And um, there are associations between the two. You can't physically improve yourself if the mental capacity is not there. Um, you do need treatment for that. And that stems, it could, you know, cause noncompliance, you know, forgetfulness. I mean, there's a lot of things that can impair you to recover physically. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a big aspect, even with our patients with the chronic pain. Yeah, absolutely. You know, is, yes. is that depression and that anxiety, yes. oh, my pain's going to flare up if I, if I try to participate in physical therapy or if, I'm, if I go to all of these appointments and I'm in the van, it flares up my pain, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So 
Is there anything else that I did not ask you that you want to share with our audience about what you do? Um, well, I think as far as like Horizon and their standards, um, you know, I always advise the public when choosing a case manager, you want to make sure it's somebody that's credible. Um, do they have the experience? Do they have the credentials? So for our for our staff and including myself, so I'm a certified case manager, um, and I pride myself in that because you know I went through the program and I took an exam, I got certified, and um, you know some of the case managers out there are not um, not saying that they wouldn't do a good job at you know helping you, but it does help to have somebody who's certified. Um, especially when you're dealing with insurance companies, yeah. you know, they do ask for, well, who's your case manager and what's their medical background and are they certified? So it's really important to just make sure that when you're swifting through case managers and you're trying to decide on one to choose one that is not only credible for your own help, but also on the back end yeah. when dealing with insurance companies. So how can anybody in the audience get a hold of you? Do you have a website, phone number? Yes, absolutely. So we do have a website. We um, are still working on it. So um, might be some changes here and there in the next few weeks or so. But we do have a website. It is um, Horizon CCM, C as in cat, C as in cat, M as in Mary.com. You can go on our website if you have if questions or you want to fill out an inquiry, you can go on our Contact Us page, fill out our form there, and somebody will get back to you. Um, you can even call us at our main office line at 855-487-6626. Again, that's 855-487-6626. So you can call our office line, um, you know, and we can uh, help you out with whatever questions yeah, you we'll might have. And we'll make sure that um, anybody that's listening that will also put that information in our notes page. Um, so if you have any of those needs, do not hesitate to to contact Horizon for those needs. And, you know, any additional questions, you know, you can always reach out to us at The Recovery Project at www.therecoveryproject.net. We do have a contact page. If you ever have a question, we can also help you connect with Horizon as well. So I want to thank you so much for sharing your vast amount of knowledge and you can just hear all the compassion and empathy that you have with your patients. Thank so you. thank you. And thank you for having me. You are so welcome. And thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next month. Thank you for listening to today's Evidence to Excellence News and Neuroplasticity and Rehab Podcast. We appreciate you and hope that you come back every fourth Tuesday of the month to get more of what's new in evidence and research in the neurorehabilitation world. To learn more about The Recovery Project or to find out what we're up to next, you can visit us anytime at therecoveryproject.net.